This is Matt Hurt at Obsessive Viewer on Twitter with a special bonus episode of ObsessiveViewer.com's The Obsessive Viewer Podcast. Welcome to The Obsessive Viewer. We're a weekly movie and TV podcast that covers a specific topic, be it genre, trope, movie, or show, each episode. You can find back episodes at ovpodcast.com, find the blog at obsessiveviewer.com, and subscribe to the subreddit at r slash obsessiveviewer. Uh, you can also support the podcast at patreon.com slash obsessiveviewer. And also, you can leave us a rating and review on iTunes. It helps out a ton. And as I said before, this is a bonus episode in which I will be discussing and uh, reviewing Season 1 of Amazon... Uh, Amazon's original series, Mad Dogs, from Sean Ryan and a couple other people I'm not sure about. But uh, to join Chris me, Cole. <laughs> Chris, Cole. Chris Cole, there you go. Uh, and to join me on this is uh, is Dylan Chuck from uh, BeGrizzly.com and uh, from the Dead Inside, uh, the Guilty Remnant, and Better Talk Saul podcasts. Dylan, how's it going? It's going good. Excited to talk to you about uh, Mad Dogs over here. Me too. I'm and I we kept trying to uh I I kept pushing back this recording and I felt bad about yeah, it. We because, wanted to do this the first weekend. Yeah, and I like I just had no time to watch it until like last weekend and then I had no time to sit down and record until tonight. And it was just and even now it's like here in a couple hours I'm gonna be recording uh this week's episode of the Obsessive Viewer. Uh spoiler alert, we review the Revenant. But um Oh, the life of working for free. <laughs> Exactly. Just no time. But yeah. uh, <laughs> but this is your first guest appearance on The Obsessive Viewer, so welcome. And, uh, first and most likely the last uh, with, the, you know, with the way that I am on podcasts. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> uh, so why don't you go ahead and tell us, uh, tell us about uh, your various projects in terms of writing and podcasting and how you got started and everything. Yeah, so I do... Uh, I do some TV show podcasts, so after we watch the show, we, we discuss it. Uh, the Dead Inside show is on The Walking Dead, and I've actually read the graphic novel for The Walking Dead. I know that makes me sound like a loser, but I'm not, I swear. <laughs> and then we discuss how each episode happened um, and compare it to the graphic novel. So it's uh, it's fun doing that and and knowing more than all the the viewers. It's fun. It's, it, it makes me feel really superior with that show. Uh, and then The Leftovers, which is an outstanding show. Anybody that hasn't seen The Leftovers, I, I after the first season, I was like, I really like this show and I'm glad I'm doing a podcast on it. But after the second season, it's like, it's it was by far the best series last season. Uh, I'm sorry, nice. last year of 2015, in my opinion. Do you watch The Leftovers? Um, it is on my list. <laughs> Alright, you should put it on the top of your list. I think I've never been saying that to you, haven't I? Probably. And it's funny because I was a huge, huge, huge Lost fan, so I'm pretty sure yeah. that uh, pretty sure that I'll, I'll oh, man. love this, it. This second season, it, it, it really – I don't want to say it feels like Lost because when Lost was on, I was really frustrated with it. And actually, Lost has become more positive in my mind as time has gone on Nice. in, in a weird way. Um, like when I think back, I'm like, you know what? That was really good. That was really ahead of its time mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. Uh, but, uh, yeah, anyway, I, I highly recommend The Leftovers and then, uh, Better Call Saul, which is starting up, uh, and where we, you know, discussed each episode of Better Call Saul. Better Call Saul, or Better Talk Saul, the Better <laughs> Call Saul podcast that I'm doing. First time I'm going to be doing and recording and releasing the episodes that night. I saw that. That is a hefty, hefty goal. <laughs> yeah, we're just watching it and then discussing it and then, uh, gonna rock and roll. We're just gonna try it. I've never, I haven't done that before. I usually do it, um, the next, the following evening, so it comes out two days later. Right. But uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try, I'm gonna try experience. You know, I'm trying to challenge myself, podcast a little bit, and we'll see how it goes. So yeah, and then I review movies, written reviews for movies on uh, BeGrizzly.com, and that's uh, one Z, not two Z's for nice. Grizzly. All right. Well, obviously. <laughs> well, obviously, all of these links can be found in the show notes of this episode, and also at ov or obsessiveviewer.com slash ov one fifty three. Um, so that's great. Uh, so you have a bunch of different podcasts. What was what what is coming up other than the Better Call Saul one? Better Call Saul and the Walking Dead one is and the Walking uh, Dead one coming back also. They're right. both coming back here in fifteenth, sixteenth, something like that of February. Sweet. Right after Valentine's Day. Right after Deadpool. <laughs> right. Nice. Excited for Deadpool? Did it go completely off the subject? Oh, I I'm pretty excited for. It. I'm I'm 
I'm optimistic for it. I know you are pretty much totally against any comic book movies. <laughs> yeah. To an extent, you're very vocal about that. I'm, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm very uh, hawkish about it on Twitter also. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm keeping my expectations extremely low and I'm just like grumbling about it and <laughs> I'm hoping that I go and be pleasantly surprised. Yeah, so, I'm I'm excited for it. I'm strategically keeping my hopes down <laughs> for it. Nice. I'm I'm pretty pumped for it. And I'm I'm but I'm a sucker for really all of uh really everything that Marvel Studios is doing, even the bad everything? ones. Pretty much. I mean I mean I recognize that a lot of it's bad. Not a lot of it, not a lot of it, but um like the Thor movies, I'm not crazy about, but I I like the I like the Captain America movies. I love the Captain American, uh, at least uh, uh, Winter Soldier. I love that. Um, let's see. I I rewatched that recently, mm-hmm. um, and or at least the second half of it. It was on HBO, and I I I do say understanding the whole Winter Soldier story a little better. I. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I enjoyed the the little bit that I watched again of the Winter Soldier a little better now that I kind of understood his storyline a little better. Nice. So you're going to sense. get the uh, the Marvel Studios emblem tattooed on you and start. I, I already actually I already got the drawings drawn up and everything. Like that. <laughs> nice. And, uh, yes. <laughs> nice. No, I I love it. I'm a sucker for him. Front of my neck. <laughs> nice. But yeah, I'm a sucker for him, and I'm super excited for Civil War and. Even uh, X Men Apocalypse. Um. I, I do have to say that I think the trailers for Marvel are some of the best trailers I've ever seen. Oh, absolutely! The the Their Civil War trailer. So what? Oh yeah, that Civil War trailer. I think is the best trailer I've seen in a year. Oh, it's amazing. He's like at all. I don't like them at all, and I'm like all excited after I see the trailer <laughs> for a movie that I just that, I don't, that I'm not into at all. It's it's really crazy. They do a really good job at trailers, and I do have to say that I do like the X Men movies because Michael mm-hmm. Fassbender. Yeah. I'm telling you, he elevates everything, and uh, <laughs> he he doesn't. I think he does an outstanding job. I just recently watched Days of Future Past, and I I was blown away by uh, what Michael Fassbender did in that. Project. Nice, I I love that movie, and it has some story problems at the end. But I I just I'm a sucker for time travel, really anything. So that was right up my alley. Yeah, and it fixed a lot of the problems with the franchise that was made by Brett Ratner in the third one. Yeah. So, but we're here to talk about Mad Dogs, which is uh, the latest show from Amazon uh, Studios, I guess, or I guess that's what they're called. Um, it's an original show. It was part of their pilot season last year, which I totally dug the pilot, and I was really excited for the show to get a full season, And <laughs> but not, an, not excited enough to watch it the weekend that it came out. Um, <laughs> you know, I also cranked through it really quickly because I had, I had a deadline set, set forth by you. Right. So I, you're the reason that I, I I plowed through it so quickly <laughs> at the beginning, and then it's you know then it's been like two, you know a week and a half since I it has started. been. And to be fair, I said I was going to try my best to get it done the first weekend, but things pop up. That's, but that's <laughs> so anyway, I, you pushed me. You pushed me to uh, to to greatness. Right. It gave you a week and a half to really ruminate on your thoughts and really exactly. really figure stew, it out. Stew on them. <laughs> exactly. So anyway, so the, before we get into kind of our broad uh, our broad thoughts on the actual show, which by the way we'll get we'll have a non spoiler section, and then we'll probably dive into a more more uh, thorough spoiler discussion of the series um, as a whole. But we will give you a full um, warning for it. But before we get to the actual discussion of the show, I want to kind of point out the similarity that I. Uh, this not even really similarity, just this thought that I had is that it's funny. Um, I'm a big fan of Sean Ryan. Um, I loved, loved, loved the shield. Like it's one of my top three favorite shows ever. Um, unbelievably amazing show. So great. So great. Um, and likewise, I was really excited when Terriers came out, but, um, it got canceled after a season. And I thought it was funny that a lot of people say that, um, terriers was canceled or didn't succeed because the title was so awful and said nothing about the show which i can't remember when exactly that was i was like oh oh nine i think 10? it was like 2009 or 2010 yeah 2009 i said oh 10 but uh oh nine or t- <laughs> 2010 um but here we are in 2016 and he has a show called mad dogs which the title says really nothing about the premise or anything yet it's not it like in mad cats if anything right <laughs> exactly and I, and I noticed like in the plot descriptions of each episode it says the mad dogs it's like like the mad dogs go and do this and the mad dogs do this and I'm like no one okay I'm sure um 
But I thought that was just interesting. Some kind of like superhero force, like the mad dogs. <laughs> right. The next thing from Marvel. Um, <laughs> but uh, but I just thought it was interesting that, that the show Terriers was a, a failure, basically, and was canceled. Um, and a lot of people just say that it was because the name didn't draw an audience and it was aired week to week. So there was a lot of pressure. But here with Amazon, they haven't announced whether or not there will be a season two, I don't think. Um, but it's just funny that Mad Dogs is, I assume, I assume is done better or is more in the um, public conversation than Terriers was at the time. And I just thought it was an interesting kind of reflection on the age of digital streaming versus uh, uh, airing week to week. Did you have any uh, thoughts like they, that or anything? I, well, first, uh, I'll say I, I they have plans for four. They, they, this is a, a based on a UK show, so they have plans for right. several seasons. So they're hoping for multiple seasons as far mm-hmm. as that goes. Um, but yeah, I... You know, this doesn't feel like a Sean Ryan show at all, right? Um, and and I didn't see Terriers, um, but I've heard such great things about it. But I I think you're right. I think that the name of you know the uh, show turned me off from it. And I was a huge Shield fan. Mm-hmm. I watched that upset. I was a, an obsessive viewer. Check out the obsessive viewer at ovpodcast dot com. Uh, <laughs> I uh I, I was such a huge fan of it, and you know that that last episode and Oof. the end of season five mm-hmm. um, uh, situation with the grenade was uh, one of the most chilling moments in television history. Yep. Uh, but uh, yeah, I I, I I think that's uh, I think the, I if if your point is that this is a terrible title, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> right. But it's based on the UK show, and the UK right. shows have weird names. Yeah, like, like Peaky Blinders, <laughs> right? Well, it's like, would you watch that if you would anybody watch that if they didn't hear that it's the most amazing show ever? No, but it was had no problem in uh, on BBC, right? Uh, so. That's a good point. That's a good point. Um, yeah, but yeah. Imagine an American show coming out. It's like this upcoming show, Peaky Blinders, <laughs> or Peaky Peaky Binder. I no, no, I'm messing up the, the title. <laughs> um. So yeah, I just thought that was an interesting correlation between. Our viewings, the way we consume media today, and uh, and uh, and and versus then, because it's there's so much pressure on networks to perform really quickly. Even like basic cable networks and and stuff like FX, like they gave it a full season and everything. And I do recommend checking out Terriers because it is, it's it's a lot of fun. I didn't really, it, it was a lot of fun. I didn't obviously it's not the Shield level of greatness, but it's the interplay between um, oh wow, what's his name, Donald Donald Logue? And uh, yeah, Donald Logue. yeah, and uh, uh, the uh, another guy something. In it. Um, I think Michael Raymond James. Or yeah, yep. yeah, he lives here in San Diego, and I met him in a bar. Oh, that's awesome! And that's before Terriers came out. I recognized him from True Blood. Oh, not, he was great in True Blood. Yeah, he was in the first season of True Blood, and I yeah. was like, oh, it's a guy from True Blood. Like it was the time <laughs> that I had just watched True Blood too, huh. and told me i have an upcoming show called terry's just check it out and i was like okay and i didn't and that's probably why the show got canceled you failed them you failed them you know know what's funny also is we live in this age of we've gone past the age of shows getting canceled in their first seasons too Mm -hmm. like so seldomly does a good show get canceled in its first season because most good shows aren't on nbc or abc anymore and everybody stopped watching those channels because we can't get invested in a show and you cancel it you cancel shows so 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 eagerly absolutely um, so it's 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 really weird like think of the last hbo show that didn't get past the first season yeah uh, john I, from cincinnati right i can't like, even think else? of any um yeah see and that's why we trust hbo yeah. like i can start an hbo show and i trust that the story will be completed that's true and didn't uh the leftovers just like like at least hbo has this has the thing where like they'll they'll give someone they'll, they'll give a show a final season, season. Yeah, yeah, like that's like what happened even, with uh, Boardwalk Empire. I was just going to bring that up. Yeah, you get a four episode final season, but you at least eight episodes. Eight? No, I think it was four episodes. Too. No, it was eight. Oh no, I'm thinking of, I'm thinking of uh, the the newsroom. Oh yeah, yeah. I think that was like six episodes. episodes. I think. Well, whatever. Either way. <laughs> right. It's, anyway, really shortened final seasons that they'll at least give them. They're like, hey, we're we'll, we're gonna let you because. That develops more of a trust with your audience. Oh, totally. Uh, and I think I, I, it, it's kind of funny because at least in those two examples of the newsroom and Boardwalk Empire, I did not like the final seasons of either show. And I think that part of it is that 
the PR for um for at least for Boardwalk Empire, like I um oh my god, why can't I think of the showrunner's name? Um Terrence. Um Terrence Terrence Winter. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, Terrence Winter. He he was saying like, oh yeah, we we went into by the end of uh, by the end of the previous season, we figured okay, we'll have eight more episodes for the last season. I'm like, no, that's not. It, it's weird because you didn't write it that way. Because I mean, they 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 wrote the final season with those eight episodes in mind, but it was it was so clearly like a rushed yeah. thing. Yep. Um, it felt rushed too. Yeah. Oh yeah. But I think that show wasn't uh, good after the the events that that uh, transpired at the end of the second season. That's so for yeah. me. I just wasn't I wasn't invested in the show anymore. I didn't care. And same with the newsroom. I think the newsroom. I'm a huge Aaron Sorkin guy. Mm-hmm. Huge Aaron Sorkin guy. Me too. I love The West Wing. I've rewatched it like always. I'm like always rewatching that show. Um, and you know, I think that that had an outstanding pilot. Yeah, and then it just kind of wavered, and I think it had its moments, but uh, I, don't, I don't, I don't recommend the newsroom to anybody, and I still recommend the West Wing. Yeah, but I don't one think. One thing I was going to say is, mm-hmm. is the worst, the worst that HBO has done us mm-hmm. is probably one of their best shows, which was Deadwood. Oh yeah, I see. I've never, I've still never watched Deadwood. It's that 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 crushed us because, and I think that HBO learned from that and was like, you know. Uh, the thing was the sets were got destroyed, so they couldn't give. They That's were going right. to do a TV movie to end the story, so I think that they learned from that with uh with Boardwalk Empire and mm-hmm. uh, Newsroom is do a shortened season, give them their ending, and then let's move on because once sets are destroyed, it's it. Right. That's, That's true. But I, I so anyway, along this, our point is, I do think <laughs> that uh, Mad Dogs will be picked up for another season. Um, yeah. I think so too. It's of the uh, of the two Amazon original programs that I've seen the past couple, well, the past month or so. Between this the and High Castle, the man of the man in the High Castle, uh, between this and Man in the High Castle, this was definitely. Eh, I, I, I like this quite a bit more, although both of them kind of had um, some some pieces of it that that I wasn't too crazy about, uh, which we'll get into more of that as we go on in the conversation. Let's talk about the pilot. Yes. So. Uh- have you heard me talk about the pilot before? Is that, uh, why, you asked me? Is that why you asked me? Because you've heard me raving about the pilot of Mad Dogs? I, I think I heard you talk about it at one point, and then you also DM'd me one day and was like, hey, check out the pilot. And I was like, I already saw it like months ago, but it was great. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah I saw this when it first came out, like 18 mm-hmm. months ago. And I still say, regardless of you know the ups and downs of this first season, mm-hmm. that this was on my top three pilots I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Um, I would put it, uh, it. My top three pilots is Lost, Breaking Bad, and Mad Dogs. I just think this is as good of, as a pilot could be. I don't think you can make a pilot better than this. I I'll, I'll agree to an extent. Um, I had some issues with the pilot that I didn't realize that I had. Well, I wouldn't really necessarily call them issues, but I had some. Uh, I guess issues is the closest word I can use um, with it that I didn't realize until I saw the second episode, but we'll, we'll get, we'll, we can get in that, in, into that in a second. But I do agree that this was a freaking, first of all, a freaking beautiful pilot. I oh, mean, yeah. they shot it in, uh, in Puerto Rico in 4k. Um, oh, it, yeah. The it, greens are green. So the, amazing. The, the darks are dark and the brights are bright. This is a beautiful, beautiful looking. It's the whole, the whole show is shot really well. Absolutely. And that's one of the things that, I was kind of concerned about when I was watching the pilot was can can they sustain this? I mean, cuz this is a pilot and I mean, will will the actual series carry over with that kind of quality and I mean it does. It's like every episode everything is just so beautiful. Here's the thing for me is I like I always am I'm I'm you know how they say uh, that the problem with heroin of many problems <laughs> Is when you try it once, you're always chasing that dragon. You're always mm-hmm. trying to get that feeling you got from your first time. I don't know from experience. Right. Wink, wink. <laughs> um, no, I really have never done heroin, guys. Um, <laughs> but, I, I, you know, with Lost for me, which was the first I watched from start to finish mm-hmm. every episode uh, on DVD, the way that we binge shows now. Yeah. Because um, I started watching it during its second season, and my friend had the DVD. And he was like, hey, you should, we should check this first episode out. And I was like, okay, whatever. And as soon as it ended, I turned to him. I was like, can we watch the next episode? Do you mind if we watch the next episode, right? Like, you immediately want to watch the next episode. And Lost was so good at that, so addicting. Mm-hmm. And 
I don't feel like a lot of shows are addicting after their pilots right now. I know that we're like in the golden age, but it's so it's I I feel like I'm doing homework on some shows by watching it. Like I feel like I have to watch it to be in the know of the show that everyone's talking about. But it's it's there's very few shows where I'm like, you know, that I have to watch the next episode because I can't I don't I don't want to sleep. I want to keep stay up and keep watching this. And that's what this pilot was for me. Unfortunately, I had to wait a year and a half <laughs> right. to see the next episode. But uh, still, that's what it was for me. You know, I was super, super uh, excited about this. And I saw this pilot probably four times, four nice. or five times, showing people it and all that kind of stuff. I just thought it was a, a very well done pilot, a star-studded cast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's talk about the cast because I going into it, I already loved Romani e. Malco and uh, Steve Zahn, and I. I was kind of blown away by uh, uh, is it Ben Chaplin? Yep. Um, he was we just all know him as the love interest from Truth and Truth and Cats and Dogs, <laughs> the Truth about Cats and Dogs, the nineties. All right. <laughs> a triangle movie. Yeah. <laughs> he was also he was also the uh, he was also the Bill, basically the Billy Zane character in the original Mad Dogs from the UK, which I thought was interesting. But I think I think he's a great actor, and I I love to see him switch over uh, and want to do more in the American version of the show. So yeah, I think it's cool. Oh yeah, and Romney Malco was unceremoniously written off of Weeds. Oh yeah, I I well I heard about that. I only watched like the first couple episodes of Weeds, and it really wasn't for me. Um, oh, I was Weeds when I when I first watched. I did not watch but... the final season of it, but yeah, he was <laughs> on it. He just wasn't anymore. He just a new Jeez. season came, and he just wasn't there. Oh, that sucks. It was weird. Yeah. yeah, there was no, but I guess he he wanted to be off it and yada yada yada. But, okay. But, uh, and then Michael Imperioli. Yeah, Michael Imperioli, who I've I've seen like nine episodes of uh, The Sopranos. I need to go back and actually watch all of it. But um, wow. Yeah. Sopranos <laughs> is really the, nowadays Sopranos are really hard to get into, but once you get into a certain level in a certain season, it is very Godfather. That's that's what I was that's what I'm hoping for because I got through yeah. those nine episodes and I also was, it was I was watching it at the gym on my tablet and I was like this is not this is not gym appropriate. <laughs> so <laughs> that, hard to get into the first uh, couple seasons though. I will I will I will give you that completely. Yeah. But yeah, Steve Zahn. I haven't seen him in a bunch of things. Mm-hmm. Michael Imperioli. I've only seen him in the stupid 1800 commercial ads. <laughs> Um, so it was good to see them all in that, in that, working on a project together. And Billy Zane, who I think is a very underrated actor. I wish we saw him more often. I remember first seeing him on Tales from the Crypt movie. And then, uh, (laughs) oh, wow. Yeah, he was the main character on Demon Knight. Oh, and he was also the Phantom from the movie. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then he was on Titanic, and then he has been on a lot of things since then. But, uh, he was the love interest. I mean the fiance, the 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 heavy-handed uh, bad guy in uh, Titanic. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, Titanic. I'm. Let's not. I'm. I'm not. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, the yeah, are you not a fan of Titanic? Is that no, I'm. I'm not. I mean, it's. I mean, I don't think it's really worth really worth discussing. But I think he was the least of the problems with that movie. Let's talk, um, we'll talk about this uh, off the air sometime. Cause yeah. yeah. Anyway. Totally. Uh, anyway, I I, I I thought this this pilot was full full of surprises mm. and uh, a great feeling, a great vibe that really sucks you in, and uh, I, I you know I couldn't I and, and it leaves you with the most like what the hell is going on feeling, and it sets up a series perfectly. I I I agree. I agree completely with with all of those points, and I agree that it did set up it set up the dynamics so well. And it sets up the chemistry between the characters so well, but one oh, of the, the chemistry is perfect. Oh, oh, just absolutely perfect. Um, a, a bunch of friends from college that don't talk to each other anymore and kind of resent each other. Yeah, for various things that have happened throughout uh, their lives. Yeah, there's a there's a ending to be friends, kind of. They're it, like, oh, we know we used to know each other, so we're getting together. Exactly, and there, there's a great line where um, I want to say it's. Um, Chaplin says it. Yeah, I, w- I want to say it's where um, uh, uh, Steve Zahn's character says we're best buds, and then I think it's him, and then um, Joel replies with "No, we're not. We don't even like each other." And it's like that sets up just their d- the whole dynamic is is just explained in those two lines, and it's just so perfect. 
Um, so the only thing that we have in common is that we used to know each other or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that adds on to that. But I, yeah, exactly. I completely agree oh, with yeah. that. Uh, I actually wrote about this on I, – I did a, a review on this on uh, com, mm-hmm. And I, I just said the, the setup was so perfect. Um, and unfortunately, to move just a second past the pilot, I think they mm-hmm. spike it to the ground immediately in its second and third episodes. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, I – Oh god! I was just gonna say the problem immediately, immediately at the start of episode two, I just immediately realized that the problem, one of the problems I had with the pilot is that there's, it's almost too centered around the friends, and that there's no, there's no real villains or any supporting characters really established. So by the end of, by the start of the second episode, you kind of get this. It's effective because they're at the center of this kind of mystery slash criminal underworld that they're brought into in a foreign land, but it's. It's also like like it's so it's so hard to really connect to any of the other characters who come in because you don't really know what they're up against. Really, there's not a really defined um, villain. You can tell. I, I think it's good though. I think it's mis- it's mystery. It's a mis- like it's a, a clearly powerful force that's mysterious. I think that was actually one of the strongest parts throughout the show. Interesting. Um, I think as we find out more about them, it becomes less uh, scary. Yeah, it was kind of scary at the beginning, but I, I, what I do think is that they did way too much of them bickering. Very frustrating when they're dealing with a situation that they need to deal with right now, and they start bickering about <laughs> life back on back on in the United States. It's like, why are you bickering about this right now? Like, this is not the time. How stupid could you be? It became very frustrating. Also, they made some really stupid decisions. I think the yeah. point of this is it's a bunch of regular guys who aren't cut out for the situation. Mm-hmm. They're in the situation. But if I'm watching it and I'm, I'm also not cut out for mm-hmm. these situations of murder and drug lords or whatever is going on, I'm not cut out for it. But I, that I know I would be making better decisions than they're making. That's not a good sign. Yeah, and I – yeah, and I, I had trouble with the bickering too, but the part uh the part of the show, at least in those early episodes, that really kind of hooked me was when when these characters paired off with one another, they're they immediately start talking about the other characters that aren't in the scenes because they yeah. just don't trust each other and they're kind of um trying to figure out they're trying to get a read on everyone else's motivations and everything. And I thought that that was really well handled and it really was a great way to bring out the baggage of the characters and their shared history and everything. But I agree. It got it reached a point where the bickering got a bit much. There's one episode in particular that we can talk about when I, um, or when we get into spoiler territory. But it was like it, it just the motivations of the characters. It seemed That's more stupid. to set up. Yeah, it seemed more to set up um, a conceit for an episode rather than actually organically come to that moment. And then also a lot of the situations of it, like those, those early episodes are so quick and so, so well paced for my tastes that once it reaches a point where everything that's happening to them kind of starts becoming more happenstance and coincidental, it seems more like Like just to a fender bender that causes a huge (laughs) problem, that kind of stupid stuff. Yeah. They have to go the through the episode trying to get money back. Four episodes. The first season uh, of the UK version was four episodes. Mm-hmm. I feel like this was four episodes of show with a bunch of needless stuff. Yeah. Into it. Oh yeah, they definitely they definitely pushed some things out there that that didn't really need. It, this could have cut out maybe two or three episodes and been fine. Um, but yeah, and I and also that, uh, there was a. Uh, this is tinkering on spoiler, but I'm not. But it's not. Uh, is there? It was a weekend at Bernie's subplot. <laughs> in it yeah. that was so out of place and not funny and not interesting, and was like, "What are you idiots doing? Like, how could you be thinking of this?" And it was super dark and done in a comedic way, and I mm-hmm. didn't think it was funny or dark, and I just thought it was stupid. Uh, and I, it wasn't. It was. The, I was sitting there being like, "The decisions you guys are making again are really bad, and how could you be doing this?" Um, and I'll talk about that more in spoilers. Yeah, but, uh, I'll uh, we'll talk more about that in spoilers. But I'll I'll meet you halfway there and say that 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 element of the plot in those early episodes really went on way too long. Um, but at the at the first moment when that comes up, I'm like, I was I was with it. I was, that was a genuine like WTF moment for me. Um, in terms of what they were going to do, uh, headphones on some uh, on on a, on somebody and watch them start dancing around like Weekend at Bernie's too. <laughs> 
I'm sure my Rican Burnish references are going over a lot of people's heads right now. Oh, well, you know. Gonna... <laughs> well, we're planning a weekend of Bernie's retrospective on the podcast soon. Um... <laughs> that being said, I do think that there's uh, events that happen at the end of uh, the fourth episode that I think it really starts the show off on a better pace. And oh, absolutely. End, it, was, it was a pretty uh, – it was definitely by far worth a watch. Oh, yeah. And I think – has a, a pretty good ending setting up a, a, a second season that I find incredibly interesting. Same here. Oh yeah. Um, and final thing for non-spoilers and then we'll, we'll get into spoilers for this, but um, something that I noticed in terms of just the, just the way that it was shot and the way that certain um, at least the cold opens in particular were handled, it felt it, like it evoked a lot of memories of breaking bad, um, particularly the opening of episode five uh, hat um, where it's, it's very silent. Every, everyone's silent. No one says anything. And there's a uh, focus is being paid on a certain object in the scene and it just it kind of plays out like a small little short silent film and it just reminded me of breaking bad and it seems like although although the show was clearly drawing inspiration from breaking bad in in that respect at least um it's not as strong as breaking bad was um and i guess that that can kind of dive into my overall thoughts on the show and then we can get your thoughts and then go into spoilers but um Overall, I, I was very I was very well invested, or I was very much invested in the story being told and the character dynamics that were going on. Even though some of the elements of the story really lost me, there's one episode in particular that we'll talk about in a moment where it just completely derailed everything for me. Like I I have in my notes, like it feels like a completely different show, and it was just so so off putting to me. But once we got past that, there was clearly a reason why they did certain things, and um, there are certain there are definite definite reasons for them to make the choices that they did, the writers, I mean, and it brought the characters to a place that I was riveted. And at the, by the end of it, I was very much, uh, very much excited for the prospect of season two. So, um, yeah, overall, I, I really enjoyed it. And, uh, what'd you, what'd you think overall? Uh, so if you asked me, I think I messaged you when I was watching the, the second, third episodes or whatever. Yeah. And I was pretty much like, this is bad. Mm-hmm. I did like I I didn't like it and I I couldn't believe that I went from raving about a show so much within two episodes to being like this is bad like I I don't think this is a good show mm-hmm. but it rebounded from that completely I think that it did fall so bad uh, very quickly for me in those couple episodes that uh, it tarnished the my my view my my thoughts on the show in general mm-hmm. but. All in all, I think it was it, it it leveled itself out once it figured out what kind of show it wanted to be. I think it just lost its footing right out the gate. They had a huge break uh, between shooting the pilot, and every show does. Yeah. But uh, the fact is that you know I think that I, my my expectations were set a lot higher because of that big gap that I had, and I only had this one episode to watch over and over again. Right. Um. So also there was a recasting uh, from the pilot. I don't know if you noticed. I didn't. But who's recast? The the cop that comes in to visit him, to visit them in the pilot. Oh, huh? Uh, I didn't catch that. One. I they, I think that they they tried to make her a different character, but it was clear that that was supposed to be the same person. Right. Huh. Um. But uh, and I kind of wish they had that original person in it. Uh, mm-hmm. But I guess it's not that big of a deal. Right. Um. You know, I I think that uh, like I said, it, it found its footing after episode four. And I think it uh, is 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 definitely worth a watch. And a lot of shocking moments, a lot of moments that will surprise you, uh, especially things that happen in the pilot, end of episode four, and uh, toward the end. Uh, it's very shocking. You can't get too attached to anybody in this show. I'll say that. <laughs> right, right. All right, so that's our non-spoiler discussion. We're going to go into spoilers here in a moment. Um, just hang tight and uh, check the show notes if you want to. I I don't know if we're going to do a potpourri section or not. So if if uh, you haven't watched the show, go and watch it and then come back and listen to it. So we're going to go into spoilers now. Okay, I'm out of here. Let's go. Let's just go. We run. They will track us down. You made your choices. I made mine. Thought it was a nightmare. What's going on down here? Oh, it's so true. Have you done something wrong? Don't go walking slow. Because the devil is on the loose. A cat just walked in. Not safe. Get back in the car! Get back in the car! Hey, take that off. 
We're a team. We're best buds. No, we're not. We don't even like each other. Tell me the truth and I will send you home. They are your friends, but they are not your family. You didn't enjoy your stay? Wonderful. Really fun. Wonderful time. Okay, so we're spoilers on for Mad Dogs. And the first thing I want to bring up in the spoiler discussion is that the series opens up with a shot of them, the four of them, painted in this weird uh, this weird makeup, uh, just running through a field with weapons and everything, just screaming. And I'd completely forgotten about that when I until I came back and rewatched the pilot uh, while watching this. And I was really, really let down that that amounts to, um, a throwaway like gag at the end of episode four. And I felt like that was just one of many problems I had with episode four as a whole. Um, what'd you think yeah, of just a throwaway that? thing? And that's it. It's like, it, it really seemed like, Oh, this is where the end of the season is going to end Yeah, with them being warriors or whatever. And then they did it just for one quick thing. And then they just washed it all off and we're done with it. Yeah. I, so yeah, that was so stupid. Yeah. And episode four was overall was just the episode where I was, I, it really tested my patience because there it, it's this somewhat bottle episode where they are, uh, basically there's, there's a sniper, the guy with the rifle has them contained there. And so they're panicking and they're running around and they decide to barricade themselves in the kitchen, which felt really silly and really forced from, from my perspective in there with the dead body that they decided to put in the fridge for no (laughs) freaking reason. They cut, they wanted to cut him up and put him in the fridge. Like what is wrong with you? Yeah. And then also when they, when they were, when they were panicking and everything, they, uh, cut the core, they cut the power. And that felt just like, that felt so contrived to me and felt like, okay, well we need some kind of drama for them to, to, uh, prevail from this and everything. And just, that just felt so just, lazy to me and so forced um having said that the the subplot about the body went on for way mm -hmm. too long and and it was really stupid and that was just filler it felt like filler like just filling up an entire episode uh just and it wasn't it wasn't satisfying at all it was it wasn't interesting it was they were handling things as stupid as they could and i get it they're supposed (laughs) to be idiots but uh the the thing i do think about episode four Mm -hmm. is it ended with uh, with Ben's character, uh, Joel, Joel going nuts and shooting the cop. Yeah, that was. I thought that was awesome. I that thought that a, that was uh, amazing, and it yeah. opened up the story so much, and it opened up yep. a whole new avenue for stories for for the season going on. However, I, I just, I, and it, I hate to say this because, um, uh, who who directed it? Uh, that episode was directed by Clark Johnson, who he he's directed episodes of uh, The Shield and The Wire and everything. But that scene itself was just really shot, really awkwardly and really weird. Um, it was just repeated, and then like there was emphasis on like her leg, and it was it was just a really peculiarly shot scene, and that kind of took me out of it. But the the impact of what he did and the impact of what happened was was really fantastic. Um. Yeah. It, and as much as I disliked the conceit of having them trapped in, in the kitchen um, in that episode, I, I thought that that really brought out some really great characterization uh, between the characters. Like, they weren't really bickering or anything. Well, they were bickering some, but it was more they were kind of – they were opening up about their problems and their history and everything. Up until then, they were kind of just kind of back and forth and kind of getting little jabs here and there. But this had kind of opened up, particularly with uh, – Joel and um, I can't remember Steve's Kobe. Oh, Kobe, 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 with them. Kobe. <laughs> and uh, I, I just thought I that that was, was really. Out of the house. I think once they got out of the house too, mm-hmm. I think that it was good. Oh yeah, oh yeah. It felt fresh while they were traveling. It's like all you're thinking is why wow, they're so far away from the house. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think Kobe's character was arguably one of the him and Joel, not their chemistry, but their individual characters. I think were probably the most riveting. Because mm-hmm. Kobe's just not a good dude at all. Right. And, you know, he's constantly deciding if he's going to stab his friends in the back. Yeah. And you have Gus, who's just kind of, who is a good guy, mm-hmm. um, who just isn't as interesting being a good guy. And <laughs> Lex, which is Michael Imperioli's character, which I think was the least flushed out. Me too. And, and um, uh, this is kind of jumping around a little bit, but I felt like his, his subplot or his, his scenes in the finale just felt so 
it, it felt so disconnected from everything else. It was this hallucination with him and the dead cop that it yeah. felt like they were just really trying to reach for something to keep him in the script for the final episode. Yeah. It was just, it was I, really I awkward. Yeah. And, and I thought it was, I thought he was definitely dead when he got stabbed too. Me I too. I wish they killed him when he got stabbed. Yeah. That would, that would have been interesting. I, I'm glad that none I of them. Sad for, for a minute. And I felt emotion, yeah. which is, which I didn't feel enough on the show. Right. Yeah, I'll agree with that. And to your point about Kobe and him being kind of a horrible character or a horrible person, um, yep. I didn't notice, I didn't realize this until I was really making my notes, but I, I, he was very reminiscent of Shane Vendrell from The Shield to me. Oh, a little bit, yeah. Yeah, and I, I just, I, I love that. I love that kind of characterization. Yeah, and Shane didn't really get like that until later, obviously. Right. But uh, I'll say, um, I think probably one of the stupidest and most irritating subplots was Erica, the woman that they had gotten into the fender bender with, and then she yeah. stole money from them, and they had to keep getting the money back from them, and Gus was kind of in love with her, kind of in a weird way or whatever. Mm-hmm. Ugh. It, that, that, they found so many ways to bring her back, and I didn't mind it that much, but there was like one or two instances where I was like, like there was one, I think it was early on, one of the first times they brought her back is after the fender bender and after they gave her the money, they had to go through this whole song and dance, I think that episode or the next episode, where they had to get back the $10,000, and it was just like, that's, it, it. that was the first inkling where it felt just really, just like, they're kind of just just kind of forcing something to happen to to really um uh bring the plot the up they got in because they, they were bickering yeah yeah it was just after this is and they were bickering and they got into trouble with the body and they were bickering mm-hmm. and they got it was just so it was it was irritating to watch yeah i was irritated watching it i think that uh to go completely off from my irritation <laughs> i think that this show did a really good job at really memorable villains though mm-hmm. i think uh the cat who was never given a name other than the cat, <laughs> yeah. was a, a very interesting villain. And he was, when we finally got him unmasked, it was really creepy. Mm-hmm. It was like, ah, like, like uh, <laughs> attacking him like an animal. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think uh, uh, the CIA, the, the CIA guy. Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't remember. Aaron? I think he, yes. He was, uh, he was so he was cool. very interesting. Always taking protein shakes, talking about working out. <laughs> yeah. I think he was a compelling villain. I think he did a good job. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then um, the the other guy, the the guy with the white hair. Yeah, I I couldn't remember his name. Um, the anyway, kind of older was, guy. I thought he was a great villain too. Yeah. All the way up into the end, right. For him, which was a nice, uh, which was a nice surprise twist. And we right. had some memorable uh, guest appearances. Obviously, mm-hmm. Billy Zane we didn't know was a guest appearance, and he ended up being guest appearance. But Allison Tolman. Yes, I was just going to bring her up in uh, in episode five. I like I was so I was so pleased to see her because I I just watched uh, Fargo season one not too long ago, and and she was fantastic in the show, and I was so. I was so happy when she came back at the end of the season because I thought that her end at episode five, like I was going to be just so irritated if that was the end. And Um, there was Ted Levine too. Oh yeah. uh, Played uh, Buffalo Bill Cody on Silence of the Lambs. Right. uh, Among many other movies like Heat, who Mm -hmm. was the uh, FBI agent or whatever. Yeah. um, Who ended up having uh, no point whatsoever. Right. I can't remember his name. the, the, The cop, the crooked cop was a very intriguing villain as well. Yeah, but um, uh, to go back to Allison Tolman a little bit, mm-hmm. you know the thing I really like about her is there's a uh, a stereotype for kind of overweight actresses that they mm-hmm. have to be comic relief. Yeah, yeah, I definitely the, see that. Uh, O'Donnell or Roseanne or Melissa McCarthy, mm-hmm. they have to be like these zany, goofy people, and I love that she doesn't play that at all. She yeah. is a straight up actress in most yeah. of her roles she's quirky um, in a lot of them but it's it she's very grounded yeah she's quirky in a in a realistic person sense not a slapstick way oh absolutely like melissa mccarthy is right not oh, yeah. cracking jokes but she's kind of quirky in the way that you know a person like a, a girl would be in mm-hmm. real life yeah um, and i love i love the that she doesn't get typecast in stupid roles and i think she she picks her roles really well and i i, I like to see her Every time I do, I think she's a, I think she's a phenomenal actress. I agree, and I loved the the probably one of my favorite scenes, maybe in well, I don't know if I'd say the entire season, but there's a scene with them in the car with her um, in episode five that it, I just want to point it out because it's so it's almost out of character for the entire show. It's almost it almost kind of uh, 
uh, it felt a little out of place, but it's the it's the point where they're all kind of bickering back and forth um, about how people act toward women and how people act toward minorities and and like she's she's standing her ground. She's talking about how um, Kobe looked at her legs and that made her uncomfortable. Like just the yeah. way like she has such a she has just such a way of just projecting her kind of. Uh, I don't really want to say dominance, but she can really control a situation and control a scene just from her energy. And I just thought that that was just such a great, a great scene. Um, Is it that obvious when we, when we, when a guy checks a girl out, is it that obvious? (laughs) Uh, I really, I really want to hope that it's not that obvious. (laughs) Um, Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> but uh yeah it's funny too that she carries a level of attractiveness with her too mm-hmm. with the way that she carries herself oh yeah and and uh kind of a counterpoint to that to that scene is later in the season when she comes back and i think she's talking to gus uh gus with the with the fbi guy and then she's just she's just like going going off at him about like like four grown men didn't go down to to try to help her like you guys didn't even help or didn't even yeah. think to help to find her and everything and like that scene and that that's that like I love the humor of it. It's a very dark a dark humor and it it might be because it was Allison Tolman doing it, but it kind of reminded me a little bit of like Fargo or like a like a Coen Brothers type of thing. Um, so I really appreciated that, and I'm really hopeful that she'll be back if uh, if and when it gets to season two because I thought she was just phenomenal. I could see her not being back, but. Uh... Uh, I think that she's going to kind of be in high demand as, it, as things goes on, but maybe That's not. That's true. You know, randomly, her, uh, her, I remember her uh, having a small role in Prison Break, and that was uh, I found out recently that was Whoa. actually her first role. Um, what season? It was just random. Uh, I, I, the, it was spoiler to Prison Break, but it was when <laughs> they're out, uh, she played some nurse. Okay. Um, it was a really random little thing. Oh, so season but, two. The manhunt uh, season two or three. Okay, it, it would have had to uh, been season two then. Yeah. Um, um, wow, it's it's funny that there was interesting. That there's all these 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 random roles that people have, like Amy Adams in The Office. Yeah, and I remember them, and then they end up becoming <laughs> huge stars. Or uh, not uh, Kate Mara mm-hmm. was uh, a random character in Twenty Four, and right. they ended up becoming big stars. Um, and I remember them, and I see, oh, I'm like, oh, that's the person from. From that, uh, anyway, so I, I I love to see when that happens because I think that Allison Tolman has kind of become a big a, a bigger star. Same here, same here. Um, also, Nick Offerman in season two of Twenty Four. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, with the, one of the rednecks or whatever. <laughs> right. That, that wants to beat <laughs> uh, up the the Middle Eastern guy that they're with. Yep, that was one of. My, so we'll we'll have to have a longer cool. conversation about Twenty Four at some point. Oh, I, I um, would love to have a long conversation. Yeah. <laughs> I'll keep that right? right, right, and I, I, I yeah, I, I will get derailed there, but it, it was one of my. You talk about how Lost was your kind of introduction to binge watching shows. Like Twenty Four was that for me. Like it was, it was a drug for me. Um, well, after I got caught up on, and, and I'll, I'll, I'll keep this, this brief. But mm-hmm. after I got caught up on Lost, because I started watching the second season, so once I got twenty two episodes in or whatever, I was, I, I called my, fr- I was talking to my friend who is now an editor on, uh, on a bunch of TV shows. That's awesome. Um, it's, uh, he, he actually started working on Breaking Bad when he was interning out of college. And I was like, what's the next show I should watch? Cause I love, I'm so obsessed with Lost. He was like, you gotta check out 24. So then I started watching <laughs> 24 seconds. So that, that's, and then just like you said, it was a drug. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, lo- I, I lost a relationship because of 24 because all <laughs> I wanted to do was watch 24. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Oh, uh, that's fantastic. <laughs> She was, it's this thing that we talked about after when we broke up. She was like, all you wanted to do was watch 24. You wanted to go home and watch 24. I was like, yeah. <laughs> Freaking Jack Bauer. Oh, God. That's fantastic. Yeah, we'll de- we'll definitely have to talk more at length about that. Um, yeah. But anyway, uh, yeah, I, 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 I do think uh, – I think that after the fourth episode for me, the show was, was good. See uh, – yeah, miserable for me for episode two, three, and four, mm-hmm. uh, and then it was good. I think the first episode was great. I just mm-hmm. think it never got back to the point that it was in the pilot ever, for the most part. Interesting. I I thought that uh, episodes two and three were were just like I was still with it and everything. Season four was a little bit of a uh, of a decline, but season five with with Allison Tolman was great, and then 
episode six, that was the episode that I was like, like I have in my notes, I, I have a little notebook and I put the episode title uh, after each episode or before each episode. And then I make the notes. And the first note I have is this just turned into a completely different show. WTF. Um, and it feels like they're stalling. It's the episode where they are taken, taken into quarantine for, for smallpox. And it's, oh, and it's, it's, it felt like such a lengthy, break in the story just to get them to go their separate ways for a few episodes here's the thing i was gonna say Mm -hmm. i'm okay with that Mm -hmm. but at that point they weren't doing two things that were really pissing me off Mm -hmm. one was making really bad decisions they weren't able to make (laughs) any decisions so i wasn't getting frustrated i may have been a little bored but Mm -hmm. i wasn't getting frustrated i wasn't actively disliking what i was saying and secondly they weren't on a level of bickering that was getting them into stupid situations. And they weren't dealing with a weekend at Bernie's situation. <laughs> what are we do with this body? Oh, this period. Oh, never mind. Somebody's digging it up. Okay, let's put it in the freezer. Oh, we can't fit it in. Let's cut off his wrists. Like, you would, like, <laughs> people, like, would you be, like, you wouldn't be able to just cut off your old friend's wrist, even if you don't like the guy anymore and you thought he was a dick. You wouldn't be able to cut his wrists off and put him in a, cut his feet off. It was, I was just unwatchable for me. It was so, like, I was sitting there, gro- like, audibly groaning, being like, <laughs> oh my God, this is so ridiculous. So, be, uh, but I do agree that there was, there was still filler mm-hmm. after that, but I wasn't actively hating what I was watching like I was before. Interesting. It, it's funny because I was able to accept the whole uh, chopping up their friends' body, body parts and everything. Uh, like, it was, it was a bit of a stretch, a bit of a stretch, but I was able to buy it because they're in a, they're in a very crazy situation. Yeah. Um, but with, with the quarantine thing, it just, it just felt so, just so long. And that, that's kind of like, it just felt like they were just stalling and, and everything. And then once they did get, uh, to the point where they, um, were spread out and, and everything like that, that was, that was solid. I really, really enjoyed that because it afforded them to, uh, the, afforded the show to showcase how they how they act when they're on their own and everything. Like in particular, Kobe's character, Kobe. Uh, he's you know he's a slime ball. He went to Guatemala and he was a, uh, uh, you know he was just kind of off on his own. Like he even ignored the call uh, from Joel um, that he'd been kidnapped and everything. So so I liked I liked that. I just thought that. I just thought that that was just such a long walk for that that went absolutely nowhere. Um, yeah, so I don't know. Um, yeah, I'm with you. I, uh, I, I just, uh, I don't know. I was just pleased to get past the house because mm-hmm. the house was just not a good storyline for me. And no. honestly, if I wasn't doing this podcast with you or I wasn't reviewing it for BeGrizzly.com, you can find mm-hmm. that at BeGrizzly, G-R-I-Z-L-Y.com. <laughs> Shameless plug. Uh, I, I wouldn't have finished it. I wouldn't have gotten through that. I would have stopped. Interesting. It. Maybe I would have gotten back to it, but I would not have plowed through it the way that I did. Um, that's for sure. Yeah. I was that frustrated. Wow. That that's true. yeah. I, I will say that in those, in those uh, few episodes after the well, um, I was really agitated because they spent so like they, they had the cat in the well. Oh, that was so stupid. It was, it, that was dumb. And then ask questions, ask questions. Yeah. Yeah. Ask questions. And then, and then the entire next episode, or for the most part of the ne- next episode, all of them, like no one is at the house, and it's like an open villa that they that they know that they can just jump the fence and everything. Like, why yep. would they leave him there for all four of them to go out on their own, or to go out and and do whatever they were doing? I was just like, I was so agitated about that. Yep. Um, yep. See, yeah. Yeah. All, all, the, all these bad decisions that they were making was, uh, you know. From a filmmaking perspective, that's not a problem. But from a mm-hmm. storytelling perspective, that's a huge problem because it takes me completely out of it. Yeah, uh, it wasn't fun. Like, uh, like you can see people doing stupid things and still have fun with it. But when it's when when the show is presenting itself in the way this is, uh, it's it's just we were. I just knew we were getting to unnecessary situations that we didn't have to get into. Um, and uh, that can really harm um, a movie or a show for me, and it did with this. Uh, I think that the the shock of they needed the shock of him killing uh, the the police officer at the end in mm-hmm. the pool to really snap me back into it and be like, "Dang!" Right? Because I was shocked when that happened. Yeah. Uh, and he did it so violently, mm-hmm. and he shot her so many times. 
I thought that was uh, a great way to kind of snap me out of the funk and kind of get me okay with it. Once they yeah. left that, and then the showrunners kind of found their footing, I feel like. Mm-hmm. And I, and I will say I criticized the filming of of that scene, but the the expression on on Joel's face and and the acting of of Ben Chaplin in yeah. that scene was just fantastic. Yep. Um, yeah. So so after the whole quarantine thing and after they get separated, they we get the kind of CIA arc with with Aaron, um, who I can't remember the actor's name who plays him, but I just thought that that was just like that 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 character alone, Aaron, brought so much fun. It was so much yeah, fun, and he brought fun. so much energy. Uh, into the mix. I, I just thought it was just fantastic. Um, and it was clear they were trying to make these quirky villains and these memorable <laughs> villains. And uh, so I think that that they were pretty close to trying too hard mm-hmm. with him, but it worked. It worked for me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And I noticed that kind of toward the, toward the end of the season, as they're doing their, as they're uh, doing that thing for the CIA, basically um, I noticed that it, it was a nice, it was a nice, uh, arc for the characters in that they they had their they had their moment where they were reunited at the beginning and like that was the that was the impetus of the entire show then they had this kind of distrustful bickering and and everything and then they got separated and then when they got back together you kind of see this I I wouldn't go so far as to say this new appreciation for each other but there was a run at the end of of the episode or of the of the season over the length of a couple episodes where it seemed like most most of the characters had this new like like they were more willing to kind of go out on a limb and save each other's lives there was there were moments where each one kind of kind of uh just saved each other's lives like i'm thinking of the mine the mine scene with lex which i thought that in ter- that in general was just kind of i don't know i i i liked what was uh said about the characters in that scene but i thought that the method like a minefield was just felt a little a little out of place for the show but um but yeah, I just I, I liked how they did that. Could have done a better job too. Like the cat, and when when you figure out the whole situation, the cat should have taken them and interrogated them. And said, "Where's the boat?" Yeah, <laughs> and they're like, "Hey, it's here. We don't know anything about this." Yep, because it should be very obvious that these guys are idiots and have no idea what's going on. And then he goes, <laughs> "Okay." Then he kills all of them and go gets the boat, and the whole series doesn't exist. And those guys all live. Mm-hmm. All the villains live and continue to do what they're doing. <laughs> exactly. It's. I mean, I didn't have that much of a problem with with that. But I mean, when you put it that way, yeah, there there are some certain uh, shortcuts that could have been taken. But I I think for the most part, the actual arc of the of the characters is what I latched onto more than anything. Although I was very disappointed with a lot of the uh, uh, the the stalling that that that, that oh, the yeah. writers that the writers did it felt uh, like stalling too and that shouldn't that's not a good sign yeah absolutely what um, about the killing of the two drug dealers in the restaurant oh yeah that was cool that was that was really cool that was really cool and i kind of wish that joel had more um yeah that was joel right yeah um yeah I wish that there was, I mean, we saw a lot of growth for him in terms of becoming what he becomes at the end. Um, yeah, now he's the new... The new Milo. Milo, correct. Yeah, and uh, I, I thought that was fantastic. Um, and I, I kind of wish that if, if anything else, like that almost is to the uh, detriment of like um, Romney Malco's character and Michael, uh, Michael Imperioli's character. Um but I think that just the growth of Joel as a character was fantastic, and Kobe as a character as well. How about this? What if that this whole thing was just a prequel for the British series because he is Milo in the British <laughs> series? Oh, that would be interesting. I kind of like that. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess the British accent would be weird, and him having a college history with them would be weird. But right. Other than that. Yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting idea. <laughs> yeah, um, one thing in the in in the finale that I I freaking I freaking loved this uh, was the moment where um, Kobe is in a position to give Joel up, and while it's juxtaposed with uh, with Joel calling uh, uh, Kobe's wife, and you get the scene where you think like, oh my god, there's there's gonna be like this this big reveal that, you know, uh, Joel has been sleeping with, with Helena this whole time or, or something, but he ends up just telling her like, Hey, you should stay with him and all that and give him another shot while, while it's cut between Kobe telling the authorities like, yeah, backstabbing him. I was like that, like that was just so well executed and so done so well. I absolutely loved that. 
Um, I like, I like I said, I really like Kobe's character as, as much mm-hmm. as it, he was. He was good television. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and it, you know, I think Steve Zahn is. He's always playing the comic relief, and he wasn't really comic relief in this. He right. Like he was gonna be. He was kind of the doofus friend, mm-hmm. but he's just he's he's you know he's an asshole. He's, yeah. He's not a good person. And I think that it it, it caused some compelling uh, television. Yeah. So. He's Shane Vendral. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, so yeah. So yeah. Is there anything else you want to talk about before we kind of wrap it up a little bit? We we touched on a little bit the uh, FBI character Con, uh, and his name was Conrad Toll in the in the yeah. uh, in the season in the in the show. Um, I, I thought that he was. I thought I thought it was effective from a comic uh, comedic standpoint that he was kind of uh, introduced as introduced as as this threat um and everything and then kind of he uh has a moment where uh gus tells him that uh the the sketches that he has is obviously the same person that's it's him it's like it's kind of kind of pulls the pulls the rug out from under him and he seems like just a dim uh investigator guy um yeah ted levine's character um and and I like that, but it it kind of felt like that that character almost didn't fit into the show there at that point. Um, but I still appreciated that, and yeah, I, I liked how it was. Dumbass and pointless. Yeah. <laughs> well, it seemed like there was something big going on with him, and ended up being mm-hmm. nothing. And I think the show did that a lot, which yeah. was a little unfortunate. Uh, it it, it, it kind of thought it was doing red herrings, mm-hmm. but it ended up just being a waste of our time. <laughs> right. But uh, <laughs> I was gonna say that. I I I think that we haven't even talked about what was it uh, Jesus or whatever. Oh yeah, yeah. I ended up being ended up being killed by his own daughter, and his right. daughter is now taking control. I wonder if she's going to end up being a character as the uh, if the if the show continues. Obviously, she has to be. Right. There's still, much more to go with that. Yeah the the entire mystery surrounding. Um surrounding jesus that ran throughout most of the episodes i i just i didn't really care about it and that's part of the uh the issue that i had with the show being not really focused on an antagonist um like it it just it didn't grip me that much as soon as they showed the uh the phone and and they had the voicemail the robotic voicemail um play i was just like that's that's just that's just silly i i couldn't connect to that at all um and it didn't really it didn't do much, do much for me. The, the reveal of, um, Jasmine is her name, uh, being the, basically being, being Jesus and killing her father who was Jesus and all that. Um, I thought that that was compelling and that was interesting. Um, but it was still, it was still just, it kind of came a little late in this, in the show for me to really attach myself to it. Do you remember that, uh, actress from the shield? Amalia. Yep. Oh yeah, she was in like the whole I believe final season as the informant, right? Yeah, yeah, uh, yep. Uh, all right, anything else we want to say about Mad Dogs? I, I think I'm, I think I've said what I need to say. I think that uh, I think it was uh, I, I I liked it less than I planned on liking it, mm-hmm. um, but I'll, I'll definitely see more. It's exciting. I I really love Ben Chaplin's character. Me too. Uh, and I love uh, I love Joel. I love Kobe. I I'm pretty I'm I'm, I'm pretty cool with uh, Gus. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he's cool. I think Michael Imperioli. I think he did a pretty good job in the final episodes, but you didn't flush him out at all until then. You just made him a little wiener. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm bummed that there's no more cat in it. Also. Right. Oh yeah. Or Aaron. Uh, he was kind of killed off without an issue. I was mm-hmm. cool with Aaron being killed off the way he was, but the cat just out of nowhere just uh, shot with an arrow, and 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 then we see this new character that we've never seen before hiding in the bushes. I think it would have been better for them to end that episode with just him getting hit in the face with the arrow and the episode ends. Yeah, yeah, I, I guess so. Um, I just I just love the character of Aaron. And I do agree that, yeah, the cat did just get kind of... Uh, Wasted. Uh, yeah, yeah. I did like the, the shock value of that, fi- of that final episode for him, um, that final moment, so... So yeah, uh, and that's basically all I have to say about about Mad Dogs. Um, I'm looking forward to hearing if it gets renewed because uh, Sean Ryan hasn't really had that much success post Shield um, in terms of long running shows uh, that much. Um, so I'm hoping that he, you know, this one lives on for a while. Um, yeah. So is that basically it? Should we should we count it out? Yeah. 
Yep. All right. Well, for my uh, my podcast, uh, if you like Better Call Saul, it's called Better Talk Saul, and you can search all these in your podcast app. Mm-hmm. Um, there's Dead Inside Show on The Walking Dead. Which, uh, search Dead Inside Show, and then uh, the Guilty Remnant podcast for the leftovers. Absolutely, have to watch. I know they recommend too many things, and I'm sorry, I watch a lot of things, but uh, I also <laughs> hate a lot of things and recommend people don't watch them. So uh, I try not to be overly recommended about give over. Nice. Awesome. Well, thanks for joining me again. And again, all of these links can be found in the show notes of this episode and also at uh, obsessiveviewer.com slash OV153. So, Dylan, once again, thank you for joining me. It's been a blast, and we'll have to set up a 24 episode at some point. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> all right. Thanks, man. Anyway, I'm ready to go when you are. Okay, cool. Let me just get back to the note on here and then... Put my pants back on. All right. <laughs> I realize that this is a different mood than I thought it was going to be, so... Well, you know, it's still early. Um, we'll play it by ear. <laughs> right. <laughs> Jesus. Okay, so I'm open. I'm going to open it up with saying my name and the intro and everything, and then I'll do the whole weekly Thank movie Thank you for TV listening podcast, to The Obsessive blah, blah, blah. Viewer, presented by ObsessiveViewer.com. You can find more of our episodes at ovpodcast.com, and you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, or your preferred podcast app. The Obsessive Viewer's theme song is An Eclipse of Events and is provided by Loudlike from their EP, Mistakes We Must Make. You can find that and more great music from them on iTunes and like their Facebook page at facebook.com slash loudlikemusic. Any and all feedback on the podcast is encouraged. You can email the hosts individually at Matt. Tiny or Mike at obsessiveviewer.com or send an email to the podcast in general at podcast at obsessiveviewer.com. Check out the Obsessive Viewer blog at obsessiveviewer.com where we post movie and TV reviews and the occasional editorial about the business of entertainment. You can also like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash the obsessive viewer and follow us on Twitter at obsessive viewer at obsessive tiny and at I am Mike White. If you want more obsessive content in your life, check out our sister site, obsessivebooknerd.com, for book reviews, author spotlights, and a general celebration of reading. Finally, if you're philosophically curious, check out Tiny's side project podcast, The Secular Perspective, which explores the concepts of faith, religion, and existence from the perspective of secular hosts. You can find that at thesecularperspective.com and subscribe to the podcast on the podcatcher of your choice. Again, thank you so much for listening. We love you. Be excellent to each other.